Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Hello, welcome to another Did You America Season 2 Episode 4 and 1. Jeremy's over there, I'm Ian Canfield, I'm over here, and this is our podcast. We are dealing with a uh, very happy Jeremy today, uh, because uh, Cowboys won again. Again, and fifth week in a row, I won my bet. I was going to say, I mean, you're so uh, blindly loyal to the Cowboys, I feel like you bet in their favor even if they're on a losing streak. Every week, no matter what. Actually, do you know what? Your face just dropped like I was about to say something terrible about your mother there. That's the first... <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for about a year, and that is the first time I've I've lobbed an accusation across the table. Well, yeah. I mean, don't, <laughs> don't act like I'm out, you know, some Neanderthal over just throwing money around willy-nilly. Yes, I bet on them every week, but if I know they're going to lose, I bet less money. I don't know. I've yeah. just found a new way to push your buttons. Questioning your... I'm not be- an addict. Question... <laughs> questioning your betting skills and bringing the cowboys into it it was like we were about to get into the most offensive segment i've ever done on this podcast my uh, my grandpa back in his day he had a he had a affinity to spend way too much gambling let's say and because of that every time my mom hears about me gambling like she cringes and gets like really scared like oh no it's gonna happen to him too mm. so i always have to tell her like no no i bet like five dollars ten dollars when really it's like you know 50 500 sometimes right. a thousand you right. never know right but with the cowboys because they are your team blind loyalty or do you allow yourself to get strategic with them even well yeah every if they're having a particularly bad season I which mean, they're not I'm right not now I'm not just like openly being like they're gonna win against the spread every week you know sometimes I know this is supposed to be a closer game maybe I'll put a six point teaser on it so it's less points you never know but yeah no matter what also this year so far I've been right five times yes mm. they've won one lost one game but I won that is bet. It, is it too early for me to ask how you're going to be betting against the, the Patriots game then? Um, do, the Patri- well, do the Patriots still cheat? Are they still... They're definitely still cheaters. Are they, um, are, are they, are they bugging this podcast right now just because we're just in Dallas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the spread is. I'm guessing they're probably going to put it around 7 to 10 points. Most likely I'll do another 6-7 point teaser. Right, get so that lower. against the Patriots away, can they win then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, the Cowboys will not lose another game until they play Kansas City and I think it's week 11. All right. Yeah. Okay, so the other reason why it was uh, a very happy weekend for Jeremy was because it was like the Kardashians were back on the TV. Oh. No, hang on. I'm getting this right. The Kardashians TV show is finished now or it's not finished right. yet. It's finished on E. They're done doing episodes on E, but I think it's it's moving over to one. They're going to do a brand new show that's essentially the same thing on one of the streaming platforms. I thought it platforms. was done. No, it is. That version of the show. Now there's going to be a new show, but they haven't said what that new show is going to be. How can and you, it's assumed that it's going to be the same well, thing. Yeah, but how can you have a different version? It was basically like scripted drama with cameras in super rich people's I mean, houses, these wasn't aren't it? the smartest people in the world. If they say this is a new show, in their mind, it's a new show. Sure, it's the exact same show, but it's a new network Brace with yourself. a different title. I'm about to say something controversial. Oh, no. 
Um, We're only like a few minutes in. Is it fair to say that the Kardashians aren't the smartest people in the world? I was now. I've never watched an episode of the show. Doesn't stop me from having a strong opinion about it. Is it not the people that watch the show that are the fucking stupid people that have kept that show rating so highly as it does for years what and years and years? What are you trying years? to say? You and, and, <laughs> and I get. It. I guess I'm in the minority. I mean, I've, I've mentioned this prior on this podcast. I never, ever, ever, ever watched an episode of the Kardashians. I understand I'm in the minority by uh, being in that particular group. And pretty much most of my knowledge of the Kardashians comes from the TV show The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Literally, <laughs> so kind of knowledge. Uh, literally I, I was aware that they were a rich family. They had a TV show that a lot of people watched. Ryan Seacrest was somehow involved. And then when I got, in, got into watching that uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson uh, back in um, 2015, right? I was, uh, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, there's Ross from Friends. Oh, the guy from Boys in the Hood grown up right he did well <laughs> considering the background he came from like like uh, you know because i'm equating it to all of these old oh, things yeah, right. and then and then i'm like oh that's the kardashians see now if you had just 10 years earlier happened to see a particular videotape that was going around the internet with her and her boyfriend ray j you would have a totally different opinion of these people no see now i'm familiar with that tape because kim kardashian Not made as familiar it, with me as me made a joke about that on uh, snl on Saturday which is why it was a big weekend for you because it was like your favourite TV show was back because Kim Kardashian was back on TV reading a script well the truth is I actually as much as a fan of the Kardashians Kim Kardashian and comedy and SNL in general as I am I did not watch this weekend instead Saturday night I was watching at a bar the A&M Alabama game and then the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight and then I went out partying so it's a little bit hard to do both but you know, usually on nights like that by Sunday I'll watch the show but I gotta say I didn't do that either so she's um, well uh, she's getting quite good reviews basically because they gave her a bunch of edgy jokes where she kind of ridiculed her own family so there was some OJ jokes in there and there was the sex tape joke uh, what else did she do that uh, that that uh, people liked? Um, talking about plastic surgery and well, stuff like that. I mean, I think I think the jokes are pretty obvious at this point. I think more what the issue is is not. I mean, like in the end, the the content is just kind of the same as it's been for the last few seasons. Which oh, SNL incredibly unfunny. Well, okay, look. Uh, again, I'll, I'm usually one to defend SNL. I I think people hold the old seasons in such high regard, and they forget that like a lot of times in those years, you don't, you're not American. I'd like there, to speak, sir. I'd like to. I'm people, raising my hand. There's plenty of people I'd in this like country to, who knew for years that that was one of the funniest shows in television. But history. I'd like to counter that because I don't think that because I wasn't in America, so I have no I have no concept of how funny apparently it was i just know as it is now and it ain't funny there's three things but, that it, three things it's worth watching snl for right the opening weekend update and if they give pete davidson any kind of scripted material where he has to play a part to see how bad he is at it see okay i think that's kind of the issue with what how they've hurt themselves in recent years with the show is you know before it was all about the sketches and the skits and the bits and like you know, sure, 
there would be duds all throughout the show. Not any show in the history of SNL has had seven hilarious sketches that everyone adored. Usually ones are funnier than others. They just, it almost seems like they're not focused on the sketches anymore. So they put all this focus on the cold open, which, you know, again, like I haven't watched either of the episodes this year and they did it not as much last season, but for the last four years, it was no matter what a political joke. And as great as those have been in the past, there's also so many cold opens in the history of SNL that had nothing to do with politics that set up the show for actual comedy. And then throughout the show, they do more political sketches. And the ones that don't do that are usually the ones that go viral. Then Weekend Update, great. They are have excellent joke writers. They've pretty much invented the whole fake news oh not fake news in that way but like the parody news Mm. shows of comedy which you see all over television now so i love that part too i love colin jones and michael che but they they just if the show went back to just focusing on comedy and not making a statement with everything they do it could potentially go back to what it wants but is that is that the problem because um i don't think so i don't know if you've noticed but i tend on occasion to not be on the left wing side of politics. No. I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed that about I didn't. me. Um, and it's very clear which side of the political fence SNL are on, but I don't necessarily th- you take, for example, the late night talk shows. They're all a bunch of lefties. Their ratings are okay. All of their opening skits, uh, certainly during during the Trump time, were just anti-Trump and on the left side of, of, of being political. And yet they're doing okay, maybe because they're still funny. Is the problem with SNL not that it became apparent that it's political and what its political agenda is? Because, you know, you could give or take that, but they're just not particularly funny with it. I mean, I think you could take the ratings out of it completely. I mean, you, you there was all these reports that the season over was the lowest rated episode ever, but... I mean, in the end, the way that people watch TV in 2021, no show That's on true. any channel on a Saturday night at 11 p.m. is going to get any significant viewers when they know they're going to put every single sketch on YouTube and Twitter and every form of social media. That I've the, the reason why I point to the content is it's not just SNL. There's so many others like my favorite show of all time is South Park. I think South. I think every kid should be forced to watch South Park because that's how you learn. Both sides of the argument are full of crap. But South Park, around uh, six, seven seasons ago, they started doing what they started making jokes that every other comedy show was making. You know, they would when the Shake Weight was popular, they did a whole episode about Shake Weight and stuff like that. And that was never their mo. And when they get back to just making a commentary slightly but having it with a completely different premise of an episode as in like the whole premise of the episode isn't focused on this one political joke generally they do a lot better Mm. snl has gone they got stuck they got stuck in this that they've now become a political show and there's too many of those there's just too many of those Mm. Mm. i think they're just stuck in trying to make pete davidson funny that's the hole they've got themselves into. Well, I'll, I'll never agree with you on that. I find Pete Davidson very funny. I think if you look at his SNL career, sure, there's probably not... He's not, you know, Will Ferrell, but, uh, I mean, like, his the movie he did with Judd Apatow last year was great. His stand-up has been funny in the past. The guy's funny. Even, there's a reason he keeps getting jobs. He, it's there? not just because of that big dick energy. <laughs> 
Even Weekend Update, which I watch, a lot of the time I'm thinking, ah. I saw Colin Jost do stand-up a few years ago, and he was average at best. In fact, there was a, Have we discussed this on the podcast before? The warm-up guy that came out before Colin Jost was a scriptwriter for SNL, and he was this uh, openly gay guy, and he was 10 times funnier than Colin Jost. Colin Jost's stand-up routine as the headline act that particular night I went to see him was so unfunny that me and my buddy who I went with, we started creating a parallel universe where Colin Jost is secretly gay and dating the, the scriptwriter who was on the tour. <laughs> that's the reason the gay Scarlett guy... Scarlett Johansson's <laughs> beard. Right. And that's the reason the gay guy was on the tour. Because, by the way... This is all rubbish that we're making up. Right. No one sue us. <laughs> but my point is, is that Colin Joe's stand-up was so routine, it was so was so uh, so dull that we were making up a whole other world where Colin Jost was secretly in a gay relationship with the gay writer who was the the warm-up guy, uh, based on the fact that from where we were sitting and in the with the lighting, Colin Jost's arms looked like they'd been waxed. I'm still obsessed <laughs> by that. Right? And anyway, my point is, is that uh, me and my buddy kind of made up a whole funnier scenario based on this fictional world than anything that Colin Jost said during his hour stand-up routine. Well, I think it's a little unfair to say uh, because of one hour of stand-up that you saw of his the guy who's opening for him is guaranteed funnier than him he and was, also well, I, just, an I, wanna, I need to warn the audience whenever you give opinions like this of the type of movies you like which are generally <laughs> the third and fourth version of these movies and you know the type of music you like which is like bands who were significant 30 years ago who are still putting out albums you're like no this was their best album ever <laughs> So let's just remind people so of these the, obscurities that you normally are so into. So the, the, the gay warm-up guy who was the scriptwriter for SNL, he was the never say never again of comedians. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, just briefly going back to Kim Kardashian, though. Um, I, I didn't watch it, but I've read the highlights from um, the script that someone gave her. And I think it actually makes me like her more. Again, a, a, apart from the People versus O.J. Simpson, my only uh, font of knowledge for the Kardashians was when she was was the guest on one of Letterman's spend an hour with them do right. the interview show on Netflix and uh, I started watching that because I quite like Letterman not expecting that I was going to stick with it and I did stick with it and, and I thought she gave a very good account of herself and I came away from, from that thinking ah I think I quite like Kim Kardashian w without having ever seen any of her main TV show and then without having seen her opening for SNL but reading the, the jokes that she was prepared to make. Um, that makes me think I made the correct judgment on her based on the, the, the Letterman Netflix thing. Look, when I started watching the Kardashians back in the day, I'll admit it. I was much like the rest of the world. I hated them. I never watched an episode. I thought they were the worst people in the world. And when I was living in Arizona, going to college there, I lived with a bunch of girl roommates, and they would occasionally watch the Kardashians. So, you know, I'd walk by, I'd make some dumb comment, and I wouldn't watch, and I'd move on. And then every once in a while, like, maybe I'd sit and watch for five minutes. And then eventually I got hooked. I started watching. At first, I convinced myself. I was only watching because look at how dumb they are. I'm laughing at them. But by season 12, season 13, <laughs> I realized I really like these people. And I'm, I'm fully invested in their story. And as, as easy as they are to make fun of, they've actually taken their wealth and their fame and this notoriety and they've done 
a lot of good with it. I mean, like, Kim Kardashian has almost dedicated her life to getting people out of jail. Right. You know, sure, she also still has a fabulous butt. But that's the main focus now. The butt is the afterthought. I'm still waiting for uh, season two of The People versus O.J. Simpson. I don't, I don't see why <laughs> He's we... giving us more material. They're waiting for it. He's eventually going to kill someone on that golf course. Uh, well, I mean, 100%. I did actually go to his Twitter because I do some preparation for this podcast to see if he had uh, given any thoughts or opinions on the uh, the Kim Kardashian uh, SNL script. But uh, sadly, his most recent update was tips on fantasy football. <laughs> I liked it better when like he first got on Twitter. Twitter, and there was someone who managed to create the exact identical page as his but instead of like writing all these tweets that made it obvious that he wasn't the real oj he would just comment on other people's pages but like do it like oh i'm gonna stab you and like real slab like knife jokes that was peak oj twitter <laughs> can we go back to that and one other thing on uh, snl i guess um you know if you want to get attention and uh, huge ratings then uh, maybe Maybe the thing to do is to make some trans jokes and then you can be as popular as Dave Chappelle. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Right? I love, I, it makes me so happy that people attempted to cancel Dave Chappelle and the world was just like, no, this is the one person we won't allow you to do. And what he has said is, I mean, over the last six stand-ups now, mm. it's very cancelable, mm. but he's just so good and he's just so right that everyone's like, yeah, no, keep letting him do this. Also, I mean, I haven't watched the, the stand-up. Um, I, I meant to do it over the weekend and I will get to it on uh, Netflix, but the, the you know, the, the quotes that people have highlighted that they've been shocked and appalled by that they want him cancelled for, um, I didn't think were uh, particularly offensive. And also... It, the, 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 isn't the underlying thing here that, you know, if you're going to go to a comedy show uh, and you're of the mindset that you might be offended, you've probably spent your money on the wrong ticket. So I literally, I got steamed up over this this morning. While I'm at work, I'm scrolling through Facebook, you know, I'm not commenting on any conversations. I'm just diving into other people's conversations and mm. creeping in like a weirdo. But I see one of my friends and he posts something along the lines of like, hey, like, if you're if you're gonna get mad at Dave Chappelle for telling jokes, that's just a terrible take, and I can never agree with you. Of course, like some people in the comments agreed with him, some people disagreed with him. But this one person, I'm not gonna name him because I don't actually know him. He his comment is just so confusing and upset me so much more than someone actually trying to cancel Dave Chappelle for his jokes. Mm -hmm. So he comments. I'm not one of those offended types. Terrible way to start any comic because you know you're you're about to be offended. But, but and he goes, I haven't seen the new special yet. So now you're commenting on something you you haven't even seen. You've only read headlines for. You haven't even clicked on one of these articles. Yeah, I haven't even seen the new special yet, but seen quite a few clips of it on Instagram and whatnot, which means you haven't. I kind of wish he'd get some new material. Dave Chappelle, who in I mean I saw him perform live. Very similar material to ended up being on one of his stand-up specials. 45 minutes of the hour was completely different. Mm. So Dave Chappelle is the last person you need to call up for not having new material. He goes, we get it, Dave. You're not totally comfortable with the alphabet people stealing one of you know Dave Chappelle's jokes. We heard that one last year. What else you got? So he's not mad at the jokes. He's mad that Dave Chappelle is still talking about the same topic. 
Let me ask you, should should Jim Gaffigan stop talking about food? We've heard that one before. Should should George Carlin have stopped talking about censorship? Oh, those seven words. Yeah, get a new act, asshole. I mean, what? He's not allowed to talk about the same thing twice? That's the worst possible take you could have. People People will get so worked up if it's not exactly lined up the way they've already had it in their brain. Yeah, yeah. And again. Don't go to comedy if you're going to be offended. No. Right? <laughs> and especially Dave Chappelle. You should know at this point what he's going to say. It's not going to be something rosy. He doesn't do that. He never has. You can go back pre-Chappelle show. Even before that, what he was doing, he was doing the same material. Mm. It was, I mean, it wasn't as, you know, refined and it wasn't as, you know, it was more jokey instead of commentary. That's the other thing. The guy's not even telling jokes. He's Mm. making a commentary and he's, and people were acting like, this is this is supposed to just be like some comment. No, like he's trying to make you think yeah. and do something and change opinions. Well, he got stand innovation um, at the Hollywood Bowl in front of people like uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Stevie Wonder while he was saying, fuck Twitter, and this is real life and stuff like that. So that and, means it's okay. Celebrities told us it's okay. Uh, yeah, and you know what, Jeremy Hoffman? I bet none of them left the Hollywood Bowl going, eh, it was all right, but you know who was funnier? The gay guy who was on before us, the warm-up? <laughs> you don't know that. He has some good opening acts. <laughs> <laughs> all right song of the week update coming and uh also we need to talk about uh learning how to play guitar zoom energy and uh you know what i might make time for an iron maiden story let's do it all right let's do part two of did you america quick reset on song of the week last week uh new york producer went with i don't want to talk by wallows 20 percent of the vote uh jeremy's choice of uh, rolling papers by dom kennedy 15 percent of the vote okay uh, well done to- yeah yeah you're coming up slowly but surely i mean before long you'll be out of the teens and into the 20s i'm gonna get a win eventually uh well done to asking alexandria who win with their song uh never gonna learn that was last week this week three new songs for you to choose from you can vote at didyouamerica.com or I'll get a poll on my Twitter where I'm at Ian Canfield oh I've gone with something super loud this week what is it one of my favourite metal bands called Trivium have released a new album called In the Court of the Dragon you can imagine what that sounds like (laughs) the whole album is your pick no, I'm going to. I'm sure I, I will be. Actually, you will listen to all of it. Yeah, all 53 minutes. Um, no, you know what? I um, I was listening to it before we recorded the podcast earlier on this morning, and genuinely, I didn't know which song to pick, so I just went with the title track. They actually released this as a standalone song several weeks ago, but the album came out on Friday. So, uh, so yeah, the, 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 yes, the whole album, but specifically the title track, In the Court of the Dragon by Trivium. Okay, folks. They have done it again. My favorite rap group of all time, Atmosphere, have put out a new song. This one featuring Aesop Rock and the late great MF Doom. It is believed that this verse is the last one MF Doom ever recorded. The song is called Barcade. Check it out. And uh, New York producer going with uh, Coming Back by James Blake. So, Coming Back by James Blake. Barricade by who? Uh, Atmosphere, Aesop Rock, and MF Doom. Okay, I didn't have Atmosphere in my notes. 
Well, that's like the main part. Okay, well, you didn't tell me that that's in like the, the text. That's like whose song it is. Te- yes, I did. I get confused. I absolutely I did. I get confused with your hip-hop picks because they're always like 20 Multiple different people. Pi- right? <laughs> I don't like, does no one stay in their own lane in the hip-hop world? No, it's all about teamwork and friendship. You didn't know that? Apparently, no, well, I thought they all shoot one another. <laughs> no. Right? Isn't that, that, that's, is, is this how they Common solve... Common misconception. We're all about hugs is, in the community. Is this how they solve the East Coast, West Coast drama? They all now appear on one another's songs in the hip-hop have world? you never seen a fight between the crips and the bloods there's a lot of cuddling <laughs> all right so who is it barricade by what barricade by atmosphere aesop rock and mf doom which one of those is dead mf doom he didn't get to the hugging quick enough no r.i.p no he didn't he's oh. now hugging in hell <laughs> And uh, in the court of the dragon by Trivium. See, okay. that's easy to understand. <laughs> what was what was New York producers coming back by James Blake? Okay, right, right. Also easy to understand. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> I guess it's gonna be another L for Jeremy this week. Digamerica.com or uh, go to the poll on my Twitter, uh, which is uh, Ian Canfield. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Uh, also, those places is where you can talk to us if you want to communicate with the podcast about anything at all. Uh, send us a message via the website digiamerica.com or on Twitter, Ian Canfield. If you want to talk to us on Instagram, I'm Camfield off the radio on Instagram. Now, uh, it really is a big week for Jeremy Hoffman because not only are the Cowboys on a winning streak, not only did Kim Kardashian return to the TV, you also have a little trip to see the Grateful Dead or what's left of them. Uh, is there anything left of the Grateful Dead? Well, it's, it's Bob Weird's Dead and Company, which is, you know, sure, it's not the dead, but it's the next best thing. Does, and John Mayer. Is, does, is, does Bob Weir even know if he was an original member of the Grateful Dead? So you would, you know, send all your Bob Weir jokes if you want. Have you seen the man lately? The dude is jacked. Like, he is in the bet. He's, you know, when we went to Guns N' Roses a few weeks ago, you know, all I could talk about was how shockingly Jack Duff was. Wait till I send you photos of oh, Bobby Weir. Are you telling me a member of the great, an original member of the Grateful Dead is in better shape than Duff McKagan? And it turns out weed and acid's good for you. And you're telling me that my summation that the gay warm-up guy was funnier than Colin Jost is because I've got no perspective. <laughs> and, now, and now you're now now you're telling me that the 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 an original member of the Grateful Dead is in better shape than Duff McKagan? Yeah, but like how old? I'm not. I didn't say better shape than him, but like for Duff, his Duff, age, Duff McKagan. The dude is 73. How old is Duff? Uh, not 50s, 73. No, not, not 73. Yeah. Okay, look at this dude. Hold on. You're about to see a photo of hairy-ass jacked Bobby Weir. Okay. Look at those veins. Those veins are popping. Okay. The I, dude's I, in great I, shape. That's a ri- right. Okay. That that picture, if that is... Bobby gen- Weir taking the juice. If that is a genuine picture of an original member of the Grateful Dead, th- that picture is like... How certain people in the gym think they look before they look in the mirror. Like, oh, yeah. That's how I think I look. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. He makes John Mayer look like a pussy. The drugs do work. Yeah. I um, find that quite astounding. You know, is it written? And he's a proper of it. Because, again, my knowledge of the Grateful Dead is very, very patchy, coming from Shitsville. Right. Where no one really knows who they are of course right so because i don't um there was uh i, I dated a guy for a while who was in a grateful dead tribute band oh, now that's this, incredible well see so 
I look like I should be in a Grateful Dead tribute band. Well, not according to how Bob Weir looks. Like, well, I'm like Jerry Garcia era, you know. Yo, you There's going to be so you, many people on this show on acid that think I'm Jerry come back to life. Yeah, you look like Jerry Garcia just before he died. Right. <laughs> and I, I, I don't mean like while he was still playing. Like, I mean right, right before he died. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Weir has clearly been putting in the work right. in, 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 in later life. So I feel like um, the Grateful Dead is something that I, I should have got into. One of my friends was telling me there's some uh, really entertaining documentary on them on Amazon now. Like in the, maybe maybe it's not super new, but it's within the last couple of years. Do okay. you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen it, but I can imagine it's full of great See, stories. And, if it's and, about and, the dead. I felt like you know that might be my you know it it may be my um my gateway because here's the thing, you know I missed out on a lot of uh, musical culture as a result of growing up in the UK as we've mentioned before you know the, the UK was such a barren wasteland when it came to guitars being played on the radio there literally were none until like 10 15 years ago over in uh, shitsville um so so much so that uh, i grew up thinking these are always my go-to examples about how there was complete lack of rock on the radio in the uk i thought that um uh, well i'd never heard i want you to want me by cheap trick until one of the girls in dawson's creek sang it during an episode of dawson's <laughs> creek um and and this is my and this is the, you know the, the the shining light on how how much of a lack of rock there was on the radio in the UK up until the 2000s. I genuinely, genuinely believed that Come Sail Away was was an original by Cartman from South Park, right? <laughs> Another reason every kid should watch the show. The only, the only song I thought Sticks ever made, the only one that ever got played in the UK because it was the, was the, was the ballad was Babe. Of course. I literally had no idea. <laughs> when I saw South Park the movie and Cartman sang, it was in the movie, right? Yeah, I yeah. believe so. And he sang Come Sail Away. I remember being in the movie theater thinking wow this is a really good like i know it's carmen singing it but this actually strikes me as a really good song that they've written here i'm gonna download this on limewire later <laughs> so um yeah um as a result the whole grateful dead thing um kind of passed me by except that by some kind of fluke uh their song touch of gray was a hit in the uk now i know technically in terms of hit singles that was the only hit single they ever had in the right. states because all of their other songs were, were were 20 minutes long yeah um you can't really make touch of gray longer with a jam it's just kind of there but um but uh you know there are many 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 followers of the grateful dead in the states who are like don't want to hear about touch gray because they're into the other stuff i didn't ever know that there was like you know whole other stuff so uh when i went through this period of dating this guy and it kind of like didn't work out because he was here on business so he's coming and going a lot and then didn't end up being in in dallas for much longer i was because he was playing in the grateful dead tribute band and to impress him i had two two instincts one i needed to up my grateful dead knowledge because he's there playing in the tribute band and i'm going I know Touch Grey. <laughs> and you needed a tie-dye shirt. <laughs> no, my, my oh, other... Oh, that reminds me. I have to get a tie-dye shirt before Thursday. Oh, my God. My other thing Just was... Kidding, I have several of those. ...was that I've, uh, I've never learned how to play guitar, but I do own... I don't even know what it is. That's, I think it's a Fender. It's in it's in this apartment somewhere, but it's a really good guitar that I got given uh, by a radio station that I work for. 
and I've never learned how to play it. And it just sits in the corner of my, my spare room. But I'm aware that it's a very, 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 very good guitar. And I was thinking, like, like if it had worked out with this guy, I would have put in the effort and probably learned how to play Eruption by Van Halen. Like, <laughs> right. it would have, like, spurred me on. <laughs> Immediately but I, Because he was appalled that I had this great guitar in the apartment and that during all of the COVID time when everyone was in lockdown, it never even occurred to me that I could go online, watch some YouTube tuitions and, like, teach myself how to play basic guitar during... Uh, you know, during COVID, from this from this actual guitar, but what he did tell me after after berating me for a only knowing Touch of Grey and b not even attempting to pick up a really good guitar that I got for free to at least teach myself, you know, the few basic chords. What he did say to me was, <clears throat> you know. Tasha Gray is actually one of the more complicated Grateful Dead songs to play. And I went, what do you mean? And he goes, well, because it's an actual song with an actual guitar solo <laughs> right, in the middle yeah. of it. He goes, you know... They don't just let Jerry do his thing for 20 minutes. When we're, when, when we're doing the Grateful Dead uh, tribute uh, shows in Wisconsin or where, wherever the hell he was from, he was, I was like, so you just make it up as you go along and no one's got any idea. And he goes, yeah, kind of. And I'm thinking to myself, so is that what the Grateful Dead then or dead and company now actually is like does it matter if they go freeform for an hour and you've got no idea what they're playing no that's the best part about jam bands they give you a little taste of the song you know and then it's 20 minutes it's just fun music to vibe out to like look I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest deadhead in the world. I like the Grateful Dead. I love a lot of their music. But guess what? I like Truckin'. I like Uncle John's band. I like the more popular songs. I'm not into, like, the obscure, like, the B-side track 12, like, the one that no one ever hears and they rarely ever play. Like, ah, fuck all that bullshit. I don't do that. But, you know, if you're going to take this song that I've heard the album version of, like, Truckin', for instance, which is, like, a three-minute song, and then They've got another three-minute song? Oh, yeah. All their songs are like three minutes oh. live they become like 20 so, minutes so they just never learn to play them properly is that yes. what you're saying you don't learn this <laughs> it's like jazz you know you don't actually learn how to play jazz you just hit the buttons and if it sounds good you're like i'm a musician now well see this is why i i feel like even if i try to get into the grateful dead as you know someone who's not going to get stoned during it i'm probably just going to think this is actually a load of crap well what's the point well see i mean no Gallagher had the best quote on jazz. That is a gig that you go to where the people in, on the stage are having a better time than the people in the audience. Well, look, you failed at picking up the dead with your potential boyfriend. You failed to watch this documentary. I think your entry needs to be this Thursday right down the street seeing Dead and Company. So they do these like jam things. So the beginning of Touch of Grey, right, is on the bass. It goes boom, 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 boom. So when I hear that, I go, all right, I'm going to the bar now. I'll see you in an hour when they get back to the main part of the song. <laughs> right, right. right, Well, that's the thing. You're not going to hear Touch of Grey because you can't make Touch of Grey 20 minutes long. So that's not even going to be in the set. No, it never right. is. And you know why that is? Because going back to my potential it's a difficult song. They can't play the solo in the middle. So this is the thing. I, listen, that's like, it's sad that Jerry is no longer with us, but they have one of the 20 most accomplished guitar players ever with the band now in John Mayer. I think John Mayer can handle the solo if he needs. Is it in the set? 
Well, no. Right, Because no one else can play it, but, you know, maybe they'll let him play it alone. When I was a little kid, well, Bob I, I, naps. I think this is... I think this Post-workout is... I think this is one of the reasons why it became... Uh, the Touch Grey became a hit in the UK. Um... Because the I vividly remember the video, and the video was them as puppets, like skeleton uh, versions of the Grateful Dead, right. but puppets on strings. So I think even for the video, they went, "Well, we can't mime to it. We've got no idea how to play it." Like it was a <laughs> we did we, we did it we did it once when we got a bad bunch of heroin, and somehow we managed to write a four, five minute pop song with a guitar solo in the middle. And what so a this, long, strange this, trip it was. This is what gets me about you Grateful Dead fans and indeed people who I've uh, you know met in the past that have played in Grateful Dead tribute bands yeah you go oh well you're letting your Americana down by not being into the Grateful Dead and then you berate me because the only song I can name is Touch of Grey but then when it comes down to it oh yeah but actually that's the most complicated one to play and they don't play that because it's actually so the one proper song they've got they won't put in the set because they can't play it listen when you officially become American, you have to realize that we don't ever make sense, but what we say makes total sense. And that may make no sense, but to me, it makes total sense. All right. Um, you, uh, when is the show? Thursday. Okay, so on next week's podcast, we, you won't remember any of it. I mean, they could have played the no, touch. No, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to record, and then three hours later, I'm going to go across the street from here and go see them play. Is it across the street? It's Listen, you were making fun of me before this podcast because you asked me where they were playing. I didn't know. And I looked it up, and it's right there across the Perfect. street. So, okay, here's what we're going to do then. Get me a ticket. You go. At the point at which you hear bum, 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 text me, <laughs> because then I'll know that I, maybe I'll get. I'll be like, okay, I've got about an hour right. before they get into the main part of the song. So so when you, when you get for the start of A Touch of Grey, bum, 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 send me a text message. I'll go, okay, I'm going to watch one more episode of Goliath and then I'll make my way over. over And then by the time I've watched an extra episode of Goliath, which I'm very into at the moment, and I've walked like two miles down the street and I get into the venue, at which point they might be just getting into the bit that goes, down, 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 See, now you get it. And then I'll find you in the audience and I'll be like, wake up, wake up. They're about to do the solo bit. Wake up, wake up. And I'll be saying, I'm going, they're so solo sloppy as fuck. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to actually listen to the music. <laughs> Everyone's on drugs. Do you? You don't get any of this. You're not invited anymore. No, I, again, uh, maybe this is why I shouldn't attempt to get into the Grateful Dead because I just don't understand it. Our right? second I, concert I, like, date's gonna have to wait. As I said, like the guy that I used to hang about with would be berating me for not even attempting to teach myself basic guitar when I own a freebie great guitar when no one was doing anything during COVID and I could have done it online. But then, like ten minutes later, is telling me that he can't play the solo in Touch of Grey. I mean, even though he's in a Grateful Dead tribute band because it's a proper song. None of this makes sense to me in my world. I was like, do you know what? I made the release of a new album in 10 months and I can't wait. <laughs> in your defense, screw all those people who took the time during quarantine to learn how to play guitar and now go around telling everyone like, oh, I learned how to play guitar. Screw you. No, you didn't. You know how to play like Smoke on the Water now and you play it fucking terribly. <laughs> right, the one Everyone attempts to learn. It's like... the. Everyone, every male does two things in their life. Mm. They attempt to learn an instrument thinking they're going to be a rock star. And they, at one point, grow out their hair long attempting to be a rock star. Every guy does it no matter what without fail. Mm -hmm. 
when I was at, uh, uh, I think I was maybe going to like fifth or sixth grade, I was at a Jew camp, as every Jew goes to. Is that what they're called? They, they shouldn't, but it is. Apparently, Jews have taken back the word camp after the Nazis tried to throw them in there. We do and- that joke once a month, <laughs> by the way. You know, you, know those, uh, you know those segments? I don't know if he still does it. I haven't watched the show in a while, but where uh, Seth Meyers gets like a gay person or a black person on to tell jokes that only they could tell because right. they're gay or black. That's, that's why like I'm here. what you do. That's what, that's what you do with the Jewish yeah, jokes. That's why I'm here. So, anyways, I, we, me and two of my friends at camp, we we took a guitar class to learn and like the lady teacher was trying to teach us all these like Jewish prayer songs and we were like shut up lady we want to rock the hell out but she knew we couldn't learn that and by the end of the you know month-long camp you know the only song I knew how to play some dumb Jewish prayer song she was right right so no there's no point of learning you didn't even learn any of the didn't even learn any of the Adam Sandler songs no I couldn't be like I couldn't even play Eruption that's what I want I want to peek out at Eruption and be Eddie Van Halen by the end of the month yeah I was like that when I uh, when I was a little kid my nan got me a guitar that was probably stolen Um, (laughs) not probably it was stolen (laughs) well a lot of stuff that she gave us for Christmas and birthdays was uh, the the, the phrase we use in in the UK is falling off the back of a lorry right as in it was on a lorry and meant to be delivered to a store somewhere but the stuff didn't quite make it to yeah. the store um and um you know i got uh i think my parents bought me one of those teach yourself guitar books because they wouldn't entertain the idea that they would ever pay for any kind of lessons and um i gave up really quickly i, I got i couldn't do it now but i got as far as learning amazing grace which i guess is simple called so you could that was one of the first things that the, that the book taught you right but you know i wanted to be doing the solo from Freebird, and when it became <laughs> and when it became apparent that after about a month, age six, my fingers weren't going to move fast enough to do the right, right. and uh, so I, you know, turns I, out I, you I, couldn't be one of the fifteen guitarists in Leonard Skinner. Exactly. I mean, I, if I, I my, my, my whole uh, life could have taken a very different path by now. I could have been killed in an aircraft. Right. I, I think the aircraft disaster <laughs> had happened maybe, before. Maybe it's a good thing you never learned how to play guitar. <laughs> yeah, but apparently I could be in the great. Grateful Dead because there ain't no prerequisite I think at the end of Thursday they're going to be like oh my god look at this guy Jerry Garcia get up here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that guitarist you showed me picture the pictures of, right, is spending so much money on steroids at the moment. He's like, hey, why don't we? Well, by the way, that's a joke. I don't think he's really doing well. Uh, <laughs> why it's do- pretty hard to get that big at 73, I'm just going to say. <laughs> Could we get more money for the shows if we got a Jerry Garcia lookalike to play? <laughs> they, they essentially are just becoming a Grateful Dead tribute band that for some reason has like some members of the original band. It's really just Bob Weir and like sometimes the other guys come along. This is what I, Maybe one of the drummers. Do you think now. it was because I was originally going to say that uh, if you got John Mayer up front, it's going to make the rest of the Grateful Dead look terrible. But now I've seen Mr. Weir. That's clearly not the case. Right. So, you know. Yeah. No, they're double teaming chicks these days. It's not just John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry couldn't handle it anymore. She had to get out. <laughs> I think she, he dated Katy Perry for a little bit. I don't know. She's married to Orlando Bloom. Right. She can't get away from Big Hog, you know? <laughs> John Mayer. She was it's going, been a while since we've cock talked, you know? I we figured we got to bring it back. Talk, right. We're bringing back cock talk via the Grateful Dead. <laughs> cock talk with the Grateful Dead. It was bound to happen. That's going to be the name of their new album when you join. <laughs> cock talk. <laughs> 
I love it. I'm all bored. <laughs> Cock talk in parentheses. Can anyone play the solo from Touch of Blood? Because <laughs> we can't, and neither can this Jerry Garcia lookalike. <laughs> and John Mayer's currently with a chick. Oh my god. Okay. Um, listen, we were going to talk about some other stuff, but I'm going to save it because, uh, you know, there was so much mileage in the Grateful Dead, which apparently there is. I mean, who'd have guessed that they'd still be going? And this is a big venue they're playing, right? Yeah, decent. It's a lot of drug addicts going to be in my area on Thursday night. You should probably hide. <laughs> Definitely lock your doors. <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right, if you want to get in touch with us, digiamerica.com is the website. Uh, you can vote for Song of the Week there or also go to the poll on my Twitter, which is at Ian Camfield. Or if it's easier for you on Instagram, Camfield Off The Radio is where you can find us there. Uh, did we America today? Oh, yeah, we did. 